Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 299 and we're talking about Estonia. That's right. I was recently in the uh, the Baltics, Estonia, Latvia and Lithuania with uh, J-Way Baltics and had a great time. So you'll be hearing a uh, something a little bit new this time around. We've gone for a documentary style approach. Uh, because I just uh, I was traveling without Linda and I just yeah rub it in rub it in yeah, thank you without you without you he's poking me in the arm ha ha and you're uh, a wonderful person thanks <laughs> and uh, yeah I was picking up lots of audio it's something that we've wanted to try for a while now and so uh, yeah we'll be leaving you with that very soon but before we start that we'd like to talk about our sponsor one above. That's right. We met uh, the Kiwi team behind One Above at Tbex in Costa Brava a little while ago and tried their uh, their product, which is a little effervescent tablet that you put in some water and it makes you feel okay after flying, which is something pretty special, especially when you're doing long flights. That's right. You can either get it as a tablet or as a concentrate, like a 100ml concentrate, which you dilute in water. We've actually seen it in the airports in New Zealand, and we thought it was really, really widespread. We thought it was in all the airports. Everywhere. Everywhere in the whole world, because we saw it in New Zealand, and we saw it in Australia, and that's where it is in the airports. But <laughs> So if you'd like some, you have to go online and buy it, and it gets sent to you, which is really great. And the whole idea is that it uh, reduces the risk of deep vein thrombosis, makes you feel better after after flying, and it is also quite a good hangover cure, as we discovered at uh, at TVX. Yeah, conferences will uh, give you give you a reason to figure that one out. But uh, I used it when I did my flights up, like three and a half hour flights from Spain up into Estonia, and then from Lithuania back down to Madrid, and found that it was actually really good, a lot better than uh, just drinking water, which is what I normally do to uh, offset all of the flying that we do. Yeah, and it's really good, especially for long-distance flying. So you just try to have um, a drink every so often, every I think it's every three hours, right? Uh, well, the, ma- the active ingredient is pycnogenol, which is a wonderful word. It's a pine, extra- pine bark extract from the south of France, and this helps support blood circulation, which reduces the, the risk of deep vein thrombosis. Yeah, which is something that uh, I'm not overly worried about. I'm more worried about the, the feeling good when you get off the plane. Yep. It's something that uh, has caused me to wake up in the middle of the night several times. Yeah, I'll tell you the story about my deep vein thrombosis scare at the end of the episode. Cool. Let's talk a little bit about what we've been doing uh, over the last little while, because we've kind of thrown out there that, hey, we've, we've gone to this conference and I've been out traveling. And what we've been doing is getting ready for the end of Linda's master's degree. That's right. It's uh, Monday today. And last Friday, I had my last in-person class, which was pretty exciting. We all went out for a drink afterwards. And today and tomorrow, I've got my last virtual classes. So that's like doing the homework and handing in the assignments, things like that. And then on Friday, I've got to hand in my thesis. So that's all pretty exciting. Yeah, Linda's kind of scrunching her shoulders up into a tiny little ball with with the pain of having to finish her thesis in the next week. It's finished, it's finished. One of my colleagues has very, very kindly offered to edit it for me, uh, to to proofread it for me. And so he's got it at the moment. He said to get it back to me for tomorrow. And then I've just got to do the double check. 
but it's very kind of him. It's 80 pages long, so I'm wondering how big a box of chocolates I need to get. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big box of chocolates. I think it's quite a big box of chocolates, really. Maybe you should get him a, a leg of ham. We've got a, what, eight kilo leg of ham sitting opposite us at the moment, looking delicious. Yeah, this story starts a little bit earlier. Uh, last Sunday, my sister sent me an email saying, you know how you said I should come visit you in Spain? Well, we're arriving on Wednesday. So she arrived on Wednesday, and she and her son Henry have been here since then, and it's been awesome. But uh, we've done all sorts of things. We went to Madrid on Saturday, and we went boating in Lake in Lake in Retiro. Uh, we walked around, went to Puerto del Sol and Plaza, de, uh, Plaza Mayor. What else did we do? We just kind of wandered around, saw a bit of the city. Yeah, yeah, the world's a bit slow with a four-year-old, yeah. so... We uh, we didn't do the, the Craig and Linda lightning tour of, of Madrid. We did, but we missed out one or two things, that's all. We did see the, the palace and the cathedral, and we just didn't quite get to the temple. And we did go on the lake, which is something we don't usually do. Yeah, I'm going to add that in from now on. Yeah, it yeah. It was fun. It was really fun. It, it was better than I expected, actually. And Henry loved it, especially when he took an oar next to Craig and uh, was, you know, learning how to row. <laughs> yeah. He had to, uh, he's so small he had to stand up in order to actually get the get the oar out of the water. <laughs> it was ridiculously cute. It was something. It's really cute as well. Yesterday we were teaching him some Spanish words, and today when he was leaving, uh, he was like, adios. And it, it was the cutest thing. <laughs> oh, my God. It's Tinder. nice. It's nice. <laughs> but anyway, the story about the ham. We were in the supermarket yesterday, and Anna saw the display of, of hams. I mean, there must be about 100 on display at the Carrefour near our house. And she said, wow, can, can we buy one? And I said, you can definitely buy one, and Craig will probably jump up and down with joy. And so she bought one. Hmm. I didn't jump, but I did do a little dance. It was very cute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's enough cuteness. Let's uh, get on and uh, introduce you to Estonia, which is, uh, well, maybe we'll talk about what we're doing next after the show. But I enjoyed it so much, we're already looking at uh, booking an apartment for a month, if we can, uh, when we leave Spain. This is the start of a three-part series on the Baltic countries, Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia. I travelled with a group of other bloggers, Cassinda Maloney from Points and Travel, Kaylin O'Neill from Travel Yourself, Laura Longwell from Travel Addicts, and Chris and Tawny from Captain and Clark. There's a bunch of coverage across networks like Instagram, Twitter, Periscope, and Facebook with the JWay Baltics hashtag. Let's get started. <laughs> Cheers and welcome to Estonia, a little country just next to Finland that sits at the top of the Baltics. When people think of Estonia, if they think of it at all, they probably imagine the capital, Tallinn. It's a beautiful city and it was our base for most of our time in Estonia, but there are amazing national parks just an hour away, home to wild bears, lynx, wolves and other species of birds and animals. We went walking through a peat bog using a type of modified snowshoe. We visited uh, one bog, it was called uh, Könnu Bog, and uh, we went uh, to the bog uh, and tried uh, bog shoes. Estonians uh, usually go uh, in bogs in autumn, or when they pick up uh, cranberries. It wasn't autumn, but we got the chance to pick some off-season berries, which were tart but delicious. I'm already planning some hiking trips for my next visit. Food and drink has been a big part of this trip. Estonia is home to a surprisingly wide range of craft beers, which I thoroughly enjoyed, but it was the food that caught my attention. We ate lunch in a home restaurant, 
literally sitting in the family's front lounge, looking out over the Baltic seashore. Mm-hmm. And its its name is whitefish. We have been trying to find another name for it. But the, the official English name is whitefish. Yes. Okay. And the uh, wheel carpaccio. And the main dish I'm not going to say because I would like you to think what it is. <laughs> That's <laughs> cheating. Yeah. But it's not, it's not bad, it's not strange, it's yeah. nothing uh, like testicles or anything, don't worry. <laughs> And that mystery main? It was beaver. So that was a pretty cool experience for me. And then I won't mention the beaver that I was tricked into eating. My national animal is pretty upsetting. You know, when I first tried it, I thought, oh, this is okay. And then I was told what it was. And then I was a bit shocked, a bit horrified. Not sure I would ever choose that on a menu, but it wasn't bad. It was delicious, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I wouldn't say delicious, but yeah, it was good. (laughs) <laughs> that was Kaylin O'Neill from TravelYourself.ca, who might have her Canadian passport cancelled at any moment now. If beaver sounds a little too exotic for you, back in Thailand the menu sounded like this. Carrot and uh, duck and with salmon and cabbage. We have uh, traditional Russian blinis and something for the Russian soap for these two plates here. Wow. That was starters at Moon Restaurant just outside the main centre. It and Farm were my two favourite restaurants, although we did find some great bars and great beers. And spirits too. From Varna Tallinn through to Chokeberry Schnapps, these guys know how to brew and distill. Tallinn is an old city and has its share of ghost stories. Andrew, our walking tour guide and the owner of Est Adventures, told us this one about 30 metres from my hotel room door. But it's uh, generally given the name Catswell, because apparently, uh, historical times... The local residents believe there's some sort of a water monster or water spirit living at the bottom of the well. And if unhappy, he would cause the waters of the well to rise up and flood the town. Naturally, we don't want that. And uh, so they'd keep him happy. And what's the best way to keep him happy? Oh keep, him well, keep him well fed. No. And what's the easiest thing to feed him? You fist at the cats. No. So periodically stray cats were... So there were dead cats floating in the city. Water. Apparently, yeah. Which is maybe why <laughs> awesome. people drank uh, you know, bales and beers more, more often. Uh, although I, I imagine, I find it hard to believe that people are really stupid enough to throw cats into their drink. So maybe one of these, these legends, who knows. Andrew followed up with another ghost story that you can find on SoundCloud or Indie Travel Podcast by searching for Ghost Stories of Tallinn. The old town is the perfect setting for this kind of myth. The old world angle can get a little twee sometimes, but it just fits so perfectly into the pretty old town with its colourful skyline. There's pastel blues, oranges and pinks, red-tiled towers contrasting with green trees. But just five minutes away, there's the arts and hipster districts of Kailima. Same colours, but wooden residences contrast with Soviet-era concrete apartments. There's abandoned warehouses, which are now home to design companies, fashion pop-ups and little cafes. And this is where the street art lives, where my favourite cafes were, and where the newer museums and galleries are being built as the modern Tallinn begins to fill the gap between the seashore and the old town. We couldn't stay in the capital forever, so we headed down to Paranu, the summer hotspot in Spa Town, with white sand beaches and a resort feel. It was quiet in May, really quiet, and that suited me well. 
In July and August, it's the place to be seen. Several different people told me it wasn't summer without a week in Parnu. During the Russian Tsar era, it was famous for spa treatments and warm sea salt baths. After the fall of the Soviet Union, the then called People's Temple of Health was used as a cinema and then abandoned. But last June it reopened as Head-On Spa, a world-class health resort. The new owners had to protect and renovate the historic treatment rooms while building a beautiful modern hotel attached to it. I'd say it's value luxury, and night's stay only costs around 70 euros, including access to half of the pool and sauna facilities. For another 35 euros, you can go into the silent spa, or the quiet spa, with a collection of products. You see, I'm not much of a spa person, but poor Sarah was on the front desk when I showed up to understand what I was meant to do with these salts and scrubs and masks and lotions that I had been given. So today you are visiting the quiet spa. So it has uh, like three saunas, which are uh, from uh, ancient Rome. One is, has like a salt water, very salt uh, wall, which is good for breathing, like salt. Mm-hmm. It's called tepidarium. Other one is caldarium, which has a steam, so okay. it's like a steam sauna. And the third one is uh, laconium, which has like hot seats okay. in there. So, so does not, it go from like cool it, to warm to hot? Yeah, tepidarium or? is the coolest, like it's about 45, and the other one is 55, and then about 65. Okay. So three different saunas. Perfect. Also, there are little um, pools for your feet. And we also give you the Science Bob products package. Mm-hmm. There is uh, salt in it, and you can put the salt in the little pools. Okay. So, yeah. And that's what you put your feet in? Yes. Okay. This bag is meant like using in the quiet spa. Yeah. And also, there is a tonic water for your face mm-hmm. and the mask. And you, before applying the mask, use the tonic. Okay, so you wash with the tonic and then put the mask yes. on and leave it for a bit? Yeah, the tonic cleanses the face, and then you put the mask on. And also there's a body scrub, and you can use it also in there, in the showers. Perfect. And afterwards you can use the body lotion. Okay. You come out. And, uh, and you just sit for a bit. Sorry? And then you just sit for a little bit. Yes. Yeah? There's a relaxing area where you can sit down and uh, drink our special tea, and eat a little apple maybe, if you get hungry from the <laughs> saunas. Yes, that's meant for that. And also there's a salt water pool. Uh, which is like uh, like the Dead Sea, like you float on the salt water. Cool. So yeah, and this is something a little extra. Two or three hours later, I was out, fully warmed, washed, scrubbed, steamed, and otherwise soaking wet. The spargoes I was travelling with were impressed, and me, a very occasional visitor, well, I was pleasantly relaxed. The last time I was in Estonia was around 2007 or 2008. So, what's changed? Estonia, like Latvia and Lithuania, have all moved to the euro as their currency, and that makes planning and logistics a lot easier. Tourism has grown in that time, especially cruise tourism during the summer season. But in the shoulder season, it's a nice mix of energy without stressfulness. You're always just a few minutes' walk away from seeing no other visitors. The central attractions are well-designed, and the old-town, old-world experiences don't veer too far towards Disneyfication. The food was good back then, but it's excellent now. I was eating beautifully plated meals with fresh local ingredients for 15 euros a main, plates that would have cost two times more in Spain and three times as much back in New Zealand. 
So overall, it was excellent. If you're after a semi-luxury experience, you can do that for around 150 a day, or a budget experience from, who knows, maybe around 25. Estonia is ticking all of the boxes right now. If you want to visit pretty old towns or a cute post-Soviet beach resort, but you don't want to fight huge numbers, then it's a great place. To top it all off, the Estonian sense of humour is wicked. It's deadpan, it's sharp, it's a little dark and a little silly, just like the best of British comedy. Well, that's us, so cheers. In Estonia, I was hosted by J-Way Travel, a boutique travel company specialising in trips in Central and Eastern Europe, including the Baltics, and also by the Estonian Tourism Board. Walking tours were by Est Adventures and 360.ee. In Tallinn, I stayed at the Central Merchant's House Hotel, and in Paranu, at the newly opened Head & Spa. All these experiences can be organised through jwaytravel.com. If you're interested in the Baltics, I've gone ahead and customised the itinerary we took to make the best possible Baltics trip for you. You can find this at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Europe slash Baltics. That's IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Europe slash Baltics. Well, that was Estonia. Estonia is so awesome. I, I'm sad that I didn't go, but it was nice to, to talk to Craig and listen to the recording and, and think about what, what he's been doing and so I could remember my time in Estonia. Way back in 2007. Yeah, it was ages ago. I was trying to remember if it was 2007 or 2008, but it was, it was way back then. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was summer 2007. Uh, how do you think Estonia has changed since then? Well, quite a lot, actually, as I talked about there. I mean, the, in terms of uh, travelling practicalities, the fact that they're on the Euro oh, is yeah. a biggie, and that whole region. I mm-hmm. mean, last time we were there... We were changing currency we every, spent a lot of time you know, changing couple of days. Wasn't it in Thailand where we tried to change Scottish pounds? Yeah, we had Scottish pounds, which are, for those who don't know, the Bank of England and the Bank of Scotland can both print pounds, British pounds. And they're both completely legal tender yeah. across the whole UK. But traditionally the Scottish ones have been much more easy to forge and so are uh, less well respected. Yeah. And so You might in, even uh, have trouble using them in, in England. So yeah. then they're great in Scotland, but if you're leaving Scotland, <laughs> leave them in Scotland. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so we got offered I think it was sixty percent of the face value. It was sixty five percent, but it was ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> so that that issue well that issue might still exist, I don't know. But now that everything's in the Eurozone it just made it so much easier to, uh, you know, to to survive. The infrastructure has improved a little bit. I mean, it was good then. I think now there's just a few more options and uh, a few more kind of value luxury options. Mm-hmm. Uh, like one of the international coaches we took was just twenty euros for. Oh. Uh, two and a half hours and that was in a business class seat with in-screen TV and Mm -hmm. a free coffee machine and things like that. So you're paying about a little less than a euro an hour for an international bus route. Um, Sorry, yeah, a little little more than 10 euros an hour um, for, yeah, the 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 Lux Express experience That's for nice. an international bus route. Yeah, I don't think that that option existed when we were there. We did uh, catch a few mini buses here mm-hmm. and there, but um, but there wasn't a luxury off option. No, and especially not at that kind of price. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, so that was great. And um, the same with food. I mean, the food was good then, and it's just great now. Same ideas, but just Better. stepped up a little bit. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Okay, I'm convinced. I really want to go. We actually uh, put in a request for an Airbnb apartment, which got turned down because... Um, the guy wants to use his own apartment during the dates that we want to go. Shocking. I think it's shocking. I think it's shocking. But uh, we'll find somewhere, and it might not be a month, it might just be a couple of weeks, but I definitely want to go back. Yeah, the problem with the Baltics is that the temperatures drop off quite dramatically from Mm -hmm. September on, so we're really looking at that late July, August period uh, to still be warm, like shorts and T-shirt, jeans and T-shirt kind of weather. In September, you get back down to highs around 15 to 18 degrees Celsius, which begins to feel a bit spring-like. Yeah, unsummary, yeah, I think is might, the key word there. If, if we do that, maybe we'll just jump back down towards the Mediterranean afterwards, or maybe the Black Sea we were talking yeah, about. I'm keen on Portugal. Yeah. That would be quite nice. But uh, yeah, we'll just have to see how we go. Yep, definitely. So our plans are for when Linda finish up her degree at the end of June... Uh, to basically choose two to four countries and or cities really, and spend a month in each of them, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, just travel slow for the next little while, and eyeing up uh, Central or South America for Christmas time. Yeah, that's right. Our friend Janine is arriving tomorrow, uh, so my sister is here at the moment. She's flying to London to visit my brother tomorrow, and Janine arrives tomorrow, and Janine will be here for a week before travelling around a bit. My sister will come back for a week. And then Janine will come back. It's 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 a bit crazy, really. <laughs> but our plan is to walk one of the Caminos to Santiago with Janine. And so we're actually planning on doing a podcast about that. So if there's anything you'd particularly like us to talk about, uh, we'll be talking about our experience. But if you want to know about practicalities or, you know, I don't know, the food or anything particular, send us an email and we'll try to include it. Yeah, let us know what you think about this new uh, documentary-style feature that we uh, we tried today. Mm-hmm because we're hoping to do more of it in the future, and uh, that would only make sense if you enjoyed it. Yeah. Also, if you'd like to send us a voice message, you can record a message on your phone and send it to us by email or, or however you like, and we might even include it in the podcast. It's a good question. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the issue, when we tried that last time, the issue was uh, many of the messages we got, the, the quality was so bad uh, yeah. we couldn't hear people. So speak clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, before we wrap up, another word of thanks to our sponsor today, flyoneabove.com. That's the number one, uh, who make the One Above flight drink, which, as I said earlier, really helped me in my flights, uh, both up to Estonia and then back from Lithuania, as well as uh, covering a lot of ground with, uh, you know, getting uh, a little bit sick when I was tired after several days on the road mm-hmm. um i actually had one of those and it i well i had one every morning for a couple of days and it helped out a lot yeah because it's got six different uh vitamins and several different electrolytes and things like that that are all immune bo- boosters so that i really felt helped me out yeah i like that it's all natural ingredients and it's low on sugar because a lot of these drinks have a lot of sugar which make you feel good short term <laughs> yeah for about five minutes yeah afterwards. and then you have a great big crash and it, yeah. it was actually quite nice it's like it, the supermarket brand baraki here yeah it's, um yeah uh, feel great for five minutes and then no crash. but you didn't get that with one above it was really no, nice no. so i was going to tell you the story about my uh deep vein thrombosis scare we had flown home from it was a long distance flight and we arrived back in new zealand we we're settling right. back in 
and I had this really sore leg, which is one of the danger signs of deep vein thrombosis. So I called up the, the helpline, the, the health helpline, and the nurse said, oh, it sounds dodgy, you should go to the, you should go to the hospital. So I, I got a little upset and I was crying. I was a bit more panicked than that because I was like, no, it's nothing, go to bed. It's 11 o'clock at night, midnight, you know, just go to sleep. And, uh, I was worried. It's scary. I know. You called, and the woman put the fear of death into yours, and, oh, it sounds a bit bad. It was, <laughs> it was like, you yeah. need to, you know, get to the hospital now, within half an hour. Blah, blah, yeah. Blah. So we went to the hospital, and, and I saw a doctor. sat there for about two hours before No, we didn't have to wait that long. We didn't have to wait that long. And when I saw the doctor, she was really lovely. She did some tests, and she said, uh, Were you, did you keep hydrated during the flight? And I said, yes, I did. She said, how much did you drink? And we talked about it, and she said, the main cause of deep vein thrombosis isn't an activity, which is what a lot of people think. It's dehydration. And uh, I drank a lot during the flight, so that wasn't a problem. And in the end, it turned out that I just had a pinched nerve in my back. So it was fine. I was fine. No problems. But ever since then, I've always made sure to try to keep really hydrated. And that's why I think that one above is a good idea, because it like boosts, boosts your natural hydration and hydrates you more than water does. Cool. Well, that's us for this week. Next week, we're celebrating our 300th episode. Can't believe it. I know it's crazy, eh? Well, we're gonna we're gonna try uh, try getting into a better habit now. You've finished your university, and I know we promised one show a month from the beginning of the year. Uh, we're looking at what about every two weeks every at the two moment? Weeks. It's on yeah. your calendar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now Linda's Linda's got different homework now. so uh yeah so we'll hopefully be back in a couple of weeks it's our 300th episode and what are we talking about we're talking about what is indie travel that's a a rather self-reflexive question i thought it it was appropriate for the number you know kind of restart you know begin again think about what are we doing (laughs) what are we doing with our lives or this indie travel thing so yeah if you have any comments you'd like to be included in the in that show or if you just want to get in touch with us you can send us a message at linda at com or craig at com. Great. And, of course, uh, you'll find the show notes for this at IndieTravelPodcast.com. And uh, come find us on Instagram. We're having a lot of fun over there at the moment. Yeah, there's lots of cool photos. Heaps from Estonia. You might have seen on the website we just published an article. I think it's called 11 Fantastic Photos of Estonia or something along those lines. And uh, they're all on Instagram as well. Great. Well, until next time, travel well.